likes me and thinks I'm great in my safe space. My safe space. People don't judge me and haters don't hate in my safe space. Your safe space. Bullyproof windows, troll safe doors, nothing but kindness in here. You might call me a pussy, but I won't hear you. My safe space. My safe space. If you do not like me, you are not allowed in my safe space. Look and you will see there's a very select crowd in your safe space. People that support me mixed in with more people that support me. Say nice things, rainbows all around me. There is no shame in my face. To me, honestly, there was no better way of taking a song about your safe space and everything like that 
and add in the music of Carnage. And if anybody doesn't know, this is the, if you play Grand Theft Auto 5, you know this music. This is the kind of rampage kind of style music that Trevor Phillips plays in one of the first missions when killing the, uh, the bikers. So, it's actually titled on the GTA soundtrack as Mr. Phillips. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Reality Check. I'm Johnny Florida. I hope you're having a good one. I hope you're having a good day. I really do, because I care. I care about everybody. Um, but if things are tough, you know, you know what you do? You try to fix it. You try to find out the cause. You try to find out the, the, the reason behind. Whatever it is that maybe, maybe it's like, oh, my car's having problems. Okay, well, what is it? Let's find out what it is. Ah, there's a problem with the engine, the crankshaft. First off, you're, you're screwed at that point. Anything involving a crankshaft, you, it's going to cost a lot of money. At that point, you might as well just scrap the car, buy a new car, depending on the value. If that car is worth less than $2,000, just junk it and buy a new car. Uh, that's one of the few things of auto mechanics that I know. Anything involving a crankshaft means pricey. It's kind of like, it's, it's, the same, it's the same automotive term as organic. You go to a store, you hear, oh, it's organic, which means twice as expensive. So, but you try to find the problem, and you fix it. You want to find the cause, the root cause. What's the reason for this? What's going on? And when you're trying to do that, maybe you find what you think is the cause, or you want to, you 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 are certain that this has to be the cause or the reason. Whether you have the facts or it's your own personal intuition, whatever it may be. And what happens? You then, once you find what you consider to be the cause, you then start placing the responsibility for on it you start putting the uh the pressure on you start saying that this is the reason for all this what that is is the blame game you are blaming it you're blaming that item for whatever it may be now for the record that could be the reason that could very well be the reason for whatever it is that's happened that has caused the problem doesn't mean it actually is. Now, if you've got all the evidence to back it up, you know, my face hurts. Why does your face hurt? Well, the cat jumped on me and started scratching my face. Now you can blame that little shit, okay? You can blame the cat because you have the evidence to back it up. Do you have the evidence? Well, uh, I, the cat jumped on my face and scratched me and there's scratch marks and I'm bleeding and part of my ear is falling off. Okay, evidence made, blame game legitimized. Blame that fucking cat, okay? Blame it. And for the record, I'm a cat lover, everybody. Uh, so that's not saying like I'm anti-cat. No, no. I, I like cats. I grew up with a black cat, you know. Now, saying like that is because, you know, the, I, I used to always hear, you know, you hear that the superstitions. What is it, you know, black cats, they're, they're, they're bad luck and everything. No, my cat lived to be 22. M- nothing but good luck. Clyde was a great cat. He was cuddly. He was weak. He minded his own business for the most part, but he was a good, he was a good cat. Loved him to death. Miss him, you know. Um... Only cat I ever had in my life. That was my own cat, you know. Um, but I, I love cats. So don't think I'm being like, oh, my God, he's anti-cat. We must boycott him. Now you're putting the blame on me. Now you're blaming me because you think somebody's anti-cat because you're an idiot and didn't listen to this podcast properly. So as I'm sitting here and I'm drinking a nice bottle of Kentucky, and if you're wondering what that means, it's it's my Diet Mountain Dew. Uh, today's the last day of the contest of trying to get all 50 states for the Mountain Dew bottles. And I can safely say that I failed. I've, I I think I made it up to 45. So, uh, fucking California, man. It's always California. 
it's always california with some reason or another there's a problem going on i can't find california granted i can't find a couple other states but damn it i found kentucky and south dakota yesterday so clearly things can be taken care of um there was another state that i found as well uh yesterday who was it i already had a wisconsin i finally i can find wisconsin like nothing now but i couldn't find it at the time uh but yeah so but 45 out of 50 states that's okay you know Maybe I'll message them and be like, look, um, it was $100 for 50 Can I get $90 for 45 Please? Please? But, yeah. Um, that's okay. I don't. Uh, w- once again in my life, I don't need California. But look at me. I'm putting the blame game on California. Now, why am I doing that when I'm doing an sh- episode about the blame game? First off, it's relevant. Second of all, more importantly, it's funny. Seriously, I hate California, so it's funny to me. But, um... There's been a lot of things going on as of late in this country, and it's immediate to see that people want to quickly go to blame game on some things. Now, the biggest thing that I'm going for, of course, is the you know the recent shootings that we've had in this country. Uh, now, for the record, that's a, I mean clearly it's a horrible thing that's happened. I mean it, it's it's distraught to think about these things happening, and people immediately go to blame one thing or another. You know, I'm going to be very quick about some of these things, and I'm not going to be going into this episode about the shootings itself but i will i'm pointing this out because this is what sparked the idea for this episode you know people uh, shootings are happening so people automatically go into firearms another thing is people are going to politics everything's about politics now it could be like oh my god this milk was bad oh my god it's from california it, it liberal milk is disgusting first off i've uh, the most liberal milk out there is almond milk it's delicious i like it never had it on cereal people tell me it's okay but i'll tell you what i almond milk is good okay so that's the most liberal kind of milk i could think of and it's delicious okay just so yeah, you want to make a political thing on milk, I, even I could take you down, okay? Go almond milk. Um, I'm not a fan of soy milk, to be honest, you know? But more people drink that more than almond milk, but go for the almond milk, you know? It's healthy. I, shit. But side note, do you know they make a chocolate almond milk? Oh my god, is it good, you know? It's not like, it's not, uh, nothing will ever top Yoohoo for me. you know? But that's a good chocolate milk, is that almond milk, you know? Get yourself some, it's good. But, you know, pol- people are going for the politics. You know, the El Paso shooter uh, is said to be a uh, uh, Trump-hating Republican white nationalist. Okay. People are seeing the Dayton, Ohio shooter as being a, uh, Elizabeth Warren-supporting uh, liberal. So people immediately are like, okay, we got to blame the Republicans for the El Paso. we got to blame the Democrats for, for, Peyton, for Dayton. No. No. You blame that bastard that did each of those shootings. There's two different guys for the record, clearly. Uh, but you do that. But so that's people are immediately going for the blame game for that. So it made me the idea of looking into this episode to do this. And there's so many different times of history where the blame game has happened for some of the stupidest reasons. You know, I mean, first off, there's, uh, there's always going to be um, politics. There's always going to be some kind of way for a blame game involving politics. My goal is to try to stay away from politics itself. Uh, uh, when talking about the blame game tonight, um, you know, there's, cause there's so many different crazy ones. So what is the whole thing with the blame game that we've seen in history <clears throat> and so many different things for? So here's, here's a thing. I pull up an, uh, a post from Psychology Today. Uh, if you guys like psychology, I recommend checking out Psychology Today. Go on there. There's articles and so many different things. I mean, you can find an article on almost anything. So I, I recommend it. I'm not being um, sponsored by them. 
or signed on by them or paid, you know, I recommend Psychology Today. I wish I was getting paid by them. That'd be great. A little bit extra money like that uh, for the show. But, mm. <sighs> sorry, had to get a really good sip. Okay, so they wrote this article. This is in 2015 by a, uh, a philosopher, Dr. Susan Krauss-Whitborn. Wow. With a name like that, you got to have a doctorate at that point. I mean, it sounds very aristocratic, you know. And I'm not trying to knock her. You know, I'm just having a little bit of fun. But five reasons we play the blame game. And reading through this, you know, she put up a couple of examples at the very beginning. You left the stove on too long. Now your meal is burned. You're uh, on your way out the door. Your cat escaped outside. Now you will be late. You know, damn cat. Once again, it's the cat. While walking down the street, you, you slip on some fallen leaves. Damn leaves. Everything's with the blame game. And... She pointed out like five reasons we play the blame game, and I'm going to try to go through this very quickly. But I'm going to read verbatim what she wrote. Now, it's not like a big paragraph for each of them. I mean, I think the biggest one is, uh, what is that, two sentences for one of these. You know, or maybe, no, okay, three for one. Um, five reasons we play the blame game. I'm going to say the exact thing of the, the five reasons, and then I'm going to go back on them for the description. Blame is an excellent defense mechanism. Blame is a tool we use when we're in attack mode. We're not very good at figuring out the causes of other people's behavior or even our own. It's easy to blame someone else to accept responsibility and people lie. Now let's go back. The first one. Blame is an excellent defense mechanism. Whether you call it projection, denial, or displacement, blame helps you preserve your sense of self-esteem by avoiding awareness of your own flaws or failings. Now that is probably, I mean, other than the people lie one, uh, that's probably the biggest reason for a blame game is that people do not want to accept the responsibility because it's going to damage them. It's going to damage their self-esteem and make them feel like, well, but now it's my fault. And, and you know, and it's like, you know, okay, they don't want to, you know, it's, so it's hitting them hard and they feel, and, and, and it knocks them down. They feel it's like it knocks down their credibility or their reputation, you know. Uh, you, you look back in history like with, like the military, you know. I remember looking back when I was in, you know, I did checks. A little bit because I had no life, but I also loved history and these kind of things. And, you know, um, I was able to read up how I could about my chain of command. When I was deployed, um, when I was deployed to Iraq, I was under the 10th Mountain Division. Um, and there was uh, the, the, the commanding general was uh, Major General Michael Oates. He was the commanding general of the 10th Mountain Division. He retired as a lieutenant general. Uh, 2011 it was the same year I got out. I remember that. You know, um, the guy went up through, uh, he commanded the 10th Mountain while I was deployed, and I looked up his background. You know, this guy, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was a, a ranger, a jump master. Uh, he was involved in previous deployments, of course. Um, was he Was he one, and I think that was also in um, Operation Just Cause. I can't remember if he was one of them. Um, which, by the way, Just Cause was the one in Panama. I think he might have been, but... You know, and here, I just pulled up his bio as well. Uh, Ranger, combat infantryman's badge, senior parachutist, which means he jumped at least 25 times. Um, you, you jump five times, you get the, the parachute badge, the jump ranks. You get the senior badge for 25, and then you get 50, you get the master. Uh, Pathfinder badge, air assault, uh, he commanded 10th Mountain. Uh, he earned a foreign uh, jump wings, uh, but they can't make out which one, you know, okay... Four campaign stars for the Iraqi Campaign Medal, which means he served in four different campaigns. You could serve for an entire year 
in one campaign. You could serve uh, you could serve uh, 15 months in an entire campaign. I got two campaign stars because I served under the Iraqi surge and the Iraqi resolution or reconstruction uh, uh, campaign. So I got two like that from one deployment, 15 months. You know, Korean Defense Service Medal. So he served over in Korea near the border. Multinational Force and Observers Medal, which means he also served in Egypt. Uh, with the uh, you know with the the peacekeeping force in the Sinai Peninsula, and he's got the Kuwait Liberation Medal, which means he served during Desert Storm. You know, six overseas service bars, which denotes three years of service uh, in um, in a combat zone. You know, the six overseas service bars, it's six months every bar. I don't know if his time in um, I don't think his time for um, what do you call it, Egypt would count. I don't think you get a combat patch for that. But, you know, so I remember looking up his bio. I remember looking up his background when I was serving and saw that I had, you know, a guy who had a, a credible background. You know, he's got a master's degree in national security and strategic studies from the Naval War College, the Naval College, you know, and he's a graduate of the Commander General Staff College for the Army. You know, really smart guy. I remember looking up uh, General Lloyd Austin, who was the commander of my corps. Uh, he eventually became the... Uh, Commanding General of Central Command and the Vice Chief of the Army Staff. Um, you know, and I, I would look at these things. I looked at the background, and by doing that, it gave me much more credibility in my in my command staff that I was serving under. You know, um, but if you you look back at other times in history, there were cases of people where you know they have a battle or something that would happen, and I went into a lot of tangent for that. I apologize. But I, you look back in some times in history, and there were some people that they'd have a moment in history where things went bad for them, and they were always worried. You know, you know, uh, George Washington had a mediocre military service record. His biggest time, his biggest success before becoming the, the commander in chief of the Continental Army was, you know, he led the successful retreat during the Braddock Exposition, uh, which was named after the the general Edward Braddock. He was killed while they were out during the French and Indian War. Uh, against uh, Native American uh, uh, fighters. And uh, George Washington was a captain at the time, and he was able to successfully conduct a a retreat of the soldiers so they weren't slaughtered, which actually is a good thing. Uh, But he had that, and he was able to become the commanding officer, the colonel of the Virginia colonial militia, which is a good thing, but that was it. You know, he had a mediocre service record. The reason why he was able to become uh, Commander-in-Chief of the Continental Army was two things. One, he was serving in the Continental Congress and was recommended for the position and he wanted it. And two, because he was a rich man, he offered to do the job for free, not take a salary. That helped. Um, now, I'm not trying to speak ill of our first president and the, and the general, you know, but I'm saying that some people have that, you know, and he was a modest man. But then you look at people like General Patton, who's my favorite general of all time, the guy was a prima donna. The guy, you know, wanted to always have nothing but victories. The guy did not like the idea of loss. The guy did not like the fact that after he slapped a soldier after leading the successful invasion of Italy, he was removed of command of an army as a three-star general and basically put on probation for a time period. You know, the whole thing with Operation uh, Neptune was a deception mission to make it look like he was going to be invading at the Pas de Calais uh, when the truth was we were invading in Normandy, which was very successful. But the reason why they picked Patton was two reasons. One, he was the Army's best-known general to the Germans, so they wanted to, to be more credible. And two... They had to put him someplace and wanted to make uh, – they knew it was the biggest thing that would kill him. He wasn't in battle, and, and it just killed him. He was close to resigning his commission. You know, He was actually about to resign his commission before he died, before a tragic car accident. But 
you know, so some people like they'll do it like that. They'll hit their credibility and they they think and it hits their self-esteem thinking like if they messed up or something, some people will take responsibility. You know, you can look back at the Gallipoli campaign uh, in World War One and see that, you know, Winston Churchill was smitten and he was trying to he was trying to defend his creative creation of the Gallipoli campaign and how bad it was, you know. And yes, they have a little bit of the History Channel. I'm trying to make exact examples of people who had to accept their humility. You know, they had to they had to accept the fact that they they messed up. Uh, but he eventually accepted responsibility for the for the failures of the Gallipoli campaign and went into war uh, with his reserve commission in the military. Second thing, blame is a tool we use when we're in attack mode. Falling into the category of a destructive conflict resolution me- method, blame is a way to try to hurt our partners. Because if we're going to be hurting, or if we could try to lower the pain we're going to feel, we're going to hurt other people. So we're going to go and blame somebody else. That's one of the dumbest things that we can do, but there are people who do that. You know, it also goes with the mindset of the whole, if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me kind of deal, you know? It's like, if I have to suffer, I'm not going to suffer alone. Somebody else is going to suffer with me. It's like, how pathetic can that be? How pathetic is it, the idea that we're going to be like, "Uh, it's my fault, but it's his fault too. He was there with me. Okay, duly noted. He's fired too. What the fuck? I was just there. I was. Just, I didn't really do much, you know. But so yeah, you know, it's like they could be there and they helped you put a piece or two on the car engine, but because you put it completely wrong, the car exploded. You know, it's your fault, but you're gonna bl- put blame on him too, and now he's stuck reaping in the punishment. It's like how pathetic can that be? Number three, we're not very good at figuring out the causes of other people's behavior, or even our own. The attributions we make, whether to luck or ability, can be distorted by our tendency to make illogical judgments. And we're just as bad at making judgments involving the blameworthiness of actions in terms of intent versus outcome. Now, this one... This one, I, 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 I mean, let's read that again. The attributions we make, okay, that's us. We did it. Whether to luck or ability can be distorted by our tendency to make illogical judgments. And we're just as bad, okay, so think about that. Our tendency to make illogical judgments. We made a judgment that may not have made complete sense overall, but it made sense to us. And we're just as bad, uh, quote, and we're just as bad at making judgments involving the blameworthiness of actions in terms of intent versus outcome. I did not intend to do that. I intended to fix the car. I intended to get the battalion over the bridge. I intended on getting this company in the green and profit. The outcome was the car exploded. The battalion was not able to make it over the bridge successfully, and this company is now a million dollars in debt. My, we, we, we focus so much on that's not what I was trying to do. Well, you know what? Were you trying to do that? Probably not. But guess what? It's what happened. It's the results. So we try and try. That was one of the things, you know, I bring up the whole thing with uh, Churchill and the Glipley campaign. When he was to be relieved as being the first Lord of the Admiralty, which meant he was in charge of the Navy, you know, what did he try doing? He tried saying things like, you know, the plan was sound. It made sense. It was a good plan. You know, trying to justify how it could have worked or how it was supposed to work or what the idea was, and it didn't, you know. And that's what we do so much, you know. And it's just we we need to uh, – it doesn't matter of what the – final goal was if it didn't get there it didn't get there now maybe it's not your fault maybe it's somebody else's fault truth be told 
you know. You could have done everything right, but somebody didn't do their job over here or there. That happens, you know. And under those cases, then we put the blame game on the people if we can find the evidence to show it's not your fault, you know. Um, number four, it's easy to blame someone else than, than to accept responsibility. We are afraid of losing. We're afraid of of losing money. We're afraid of losing uh, uh, items. We're afraid of losing credibility we're afraid of losing reputation we're afraid of losing uh trust we're afraid of losing you know whether it's you know losing our girlfriend losing our property losing the reputation and and the credence that people have known you to be you know it's okay to accept a loss you know people today don't know how to handle a loss people don't understand how you know we always see that like like kids today when it comes like the video games and trust me video games are going to be a topic tonight you know um, people, you know, people, they lose a video game and they just get mad. Now, I don't mean the whole, you know, you die in the video game. So you initially get, you just start screaming. What the fuck? No, no, that, that as stupid as that sounds, that that's okay. You know, you're in the zone, you know, and you just get mad initially. But guess what? What do you do? You snap right back out of it. You spend a couple of seconds. Like you gotta be kidding me. You get pissed off. You scream at the TV a sudden. You hopefully don't threaten to kill the other guy's unborn child. If he, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, you know, like who, who remembers the guy? You remember the World of Warcraft kid? His account got, his mom canceled his World of Warcraft account. So he, his brother snuck the video camera into his room and he does all the stupid stuff. Taking his clothes off underneath the blanket, yelling, screaming, flailing onto the bed, trying to stick the remote up his ass. Why? Uh, the second, there was a, there was a second episode. He's playing World of Warcraft and he gets killed and the guy's, and he starts screaming, I will kill you and eat your firstborn child. It's like, what are you kidding? Are you kidding me? You know? Uh, but, um, what do you call it? Um, if it's temporarily, if it's a couple of seconds, you know, it's an initial shock because you're moving, you're, you're becoming the character in your mind as you're playing the game, and then you get killed. Okay, initial shock, that's fine. But if you if you just go off and have to, you know, like get mad that you lose, that you got to accept the responsibility, you died. You died in the game. You lost it, whatever it is you're, you're dealing with. And But people are afraid, so they what they will do is they will... Put it on somebody else so somebody else gets the loss. I can't lose what I got, you know? Now, now we have cases like this in real life. Let's look at um, in court systems, you know? We have people take a plea deal in exchange for testifying against somebody else, you know? We, look, look, dude. Uh, you committed a crime, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this for you. You're going to lose less. You're going to have less prison time where you're putting in, in the witness protection or you're not going to lose as much money, whatever, whatever it may be. In exchange, you're going to come out and you're going to speak to the court and say this, this, and these that uh, have to do with that guy. Now, maybe you're still taking responsibility on some things, but you're taking less responsibility and you're putting the responsibility on someone else and they're losing money because of it. They're losing time. They're losing credibility. Now, the, the, the brunt of the force is on them. Now, that's one thing because we're trying, because now we're able to get two culprits. You know, one person is pleading guilty. It's a guarantee of one. And hopefully what they say is going to be used to help to get the second person. Okay. However you view on that, uh, on a personal sense, is however you view on it. Everyone has the right to their opinion, but it is part of our judicial system. Okay. But in other cases, it's like, you know, people, it's like, I just, I can't do it. I got, I had to do what I could, you know? So, last one. People lie. As my colleague, Robert Feldman, discovered, quote, everybody lies. 
It's pretty easy just to lie and blame someone else even though you know you're at fault. You may figure that no one will know it was really you who spilled the coffee all over the break room. So you just blame someone else who's not there and hope that person never finds out. Now, that's going back into the blame game like I just mentioned. But let's get away from that blame game part. Let's go to the idea just lying. You know, what's the case? Like, okay, spilled the coffee in the break room. So what do you do? You could clean it up. And own up to it. Hey, boss, I spilled my coffee in the break room. I cleaned it up and everything, but I'm just letting you know. Okay, thanks. Good job. Okay. You accept the responsibility on that. Or you could go back to your cubicle, sit there, and everyone's like, and, and maybe bring your coffee cup with you or something and, and be like, no, I got mine. I'm fine. You know, and people can be like, did you spill your coffee? No, no, I, I didn't. No, not at all. You know, maybe you pull out a, a, a Red Bull or something. You'd be like, look, I, I got Red Bull. You know, I'm not drinking coffee today. Okay. You know? Uh, and as long as there's no security cameras, they're not going to be able to check. But, you know, so now you're lying. Nobody knows who's at fault, who's responsible. Maybe they'll try to blame somebody else or not. Maybe they'll blame nobody and just be like, okay, here's the deal. For now on, if you see a mess, everybody clean it up. Now everybody's got to take responsibility. Or if it's like, you know, everybody's on red alert now because the boss is pissed. You know, the point is you've now lied just by simply saying that it wasn't you. Now, again, that goes back to the whole uh, accepting responsibility. But, you know, now there are some people who will be completely innocent of something, but they they just want to interject themselves and they'll lie and say it was somebody else just for fun. Not, not, they don't get any personal gain. It's not like, oh, the person who did do it is a friend of theirs, so they're looking out for them. That, that could be true. But it could also just be outright is that they uh, just want to, you know, what's the saying from the from the Dark Knight? With, uh, with Michael Caine uh, playing Alfred, you know, some people just want to watch the world burn. And there were people like that. I've seen people like that who just want to cause a problem, you know? Um, you know, uh, what was it? He'll just be walking, you could just be walking over, son. You see a guy who's, a, you, you look like you dress up like you could be working at a construction site. You see a couple of guys from construction, and you just go over to a guy with a jackhammer. Hey! Hey, he goes, what? The boss says you're fired. What? I'll kick that son of a bitch. He starts walking over to the, to the foreman's office. You're walking away knowing some innocent guy's about to get his ass kicked by a guy who thinks he just got fired by that guy when none of that happened. Now, I just made up that idea from an episode of The Simpsons I was watching. It was the episode when Homer had to go back to New York City and get his car back. Um, you know, he was trying to steal the jackhammer. But, you know, it's stupid stuff like that people will do just for fun, for their, you know... Delicious. Mountain Dew, the official soda of the United States, America. But that and root beer. Love root beer. Grape soda, orange soda, that's great. Love all that. That's my big four. That's my Mount Rushmore soda. It's grape soda, orange soda, Fanta, most likely. Um, Sunkiss is good too, I'll give them that. Root beer, it's got to be box. I love that. Uh, I'll take uh, A&W, if not. I can't stand mugs, root beer, but box all the way. And Mountain Dew. So Mountain Dew is the Mount Rushmore. It's, we got to change it to Mount Dewmore. There you go. Good name. Anyway, right there, five simple things. And there's a lot more to the uh, to the article. Here's one other thing. It was just one quick small thing she added. Unlike other games... Uh, which can go to a whole other article. The more the more often you play the blame game, the more you lose. Learning to tell when you need to own up to your role in a bad situation will help you grow from your experiences and ultimately help you achieve more fulfilling relationships. Now, that's good on the personal sense of us putting the blame game on like that. But at the same time, that's the idea because we're trying to take away from 
blame on us. Now, what if it was someone completely different? You know, like I was, I mentioned earlier about these shootings that's happened, and people want to put the blame like that to certain things. But let's look at other times in history where these things have happened. You know, um, I remember I was talking with Mike last night. Mike made a great example. You know, how many times we've seen like with music, you know, the Columbine shooting, people blamed like Marilyn Manson. I like Marilyn Manson's music, personally. I know you guys probably think, like, this motherfucker listens to Marilyn Manson. Hey, his version of Sweet Dreams I prefer over Cher. Uh, or anybody that did Sweet Dreams. I like that version. You know, the dope show. Um, you know, I, I, liked, I liked Marilyn Manson's music. Uh, but people blamed him, you know, because, like, you know, the trench coat mafia and listen to Marilyn Manson and dog kind of stuff. Well, come on. Does that mean that... Um, I'm allowed to, uh, I mean, uh, people got to blame the walking dead because I just got, start digging up graves and mutilating the bodies because I'm worried that they're going to turn into zombies at some point. You know, that, 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 that's a stretch of an example, but you get what I'm getting at, you know? Um, it's like, there's that. Mike brought up an example about Elvis. People remember, there were so many different things, uh, the idea of decencies and stuff like that. Elvis wasn't even trying to do anything wrong. Elvis just did those gyrating hips, and women went nuts for it. And people thought it was just so indecent and sexualized and everything like that. And, you know, like, he'd come on, like, Johnny Carson or something like that, and they could never show him below the hip. They had to show only the top half of his body because they didn't want those things seen because it was considered to be sexualizing. And it's like, are you kidding me? You know, people went nuts on that. People were blaming Elvis at the idea, like, oh, our, our young ladies are going to be completely just just chastised and sexualized and they're going to be, they're not going to be decent. It's like, come on. He's fucking gyrating his, I don't think he was trying, look, I mean, maybe, did he try pulling those moves in the bedroom with some girls? Probably. You know, were there girls who probably jumped on him because, like, you know, like they, you know, like groupies and everything? I guarantee it. Is that originally his idea? Probably not. I mean, you got to look at how the dancing was back in the time, and he was able to come up with a form of dancing while singing that really changed the eyes. You really, like, it was just spark-fast movements that just made you notice. It's one of those things, like, it helps with an image. You know, people have said, like, you know, let's bring up a quick thing, you know, uh, Vladimir Lenin, who led the Bolshevik Revolution and uh, turning uh, Russia into a communist country, eventually making the Soviet Union. You know, Lenin was bearded and bald. It wasn't the most attractive look, but it caught it caught the eye. People would look and notice that the guy was completely bald in the head, but had a really good goatee and a beard growing. You know, it was just one of those things. Now, I'm not trying to get into the political thing again, but I'm just making an example. Some people would notice like that. Abraham Lincoln grew out a beard because he got a letter from a young girl who said that with the way his face looked that he would look much better with a beard. Truth be told, Abraham Lincoln, if you look back at him, when he was a young politician, he looked good, you know, from some th- from some paintings and stuff of what he looked like and I, they may have had some pictures, I don't know. But uh Lincoln himself by a time when he was running for president, he looked so older than what his actual age was that the idea of adding the 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 beard made sense you know i mean abraham lincoln died at the age of 56 but if you look at the picture i'm right now i'm on wikipedia look at his face and he looked and i can't, it, it, he looked so much older than 56 you know when he ran for president he ran in 1860 he was 51 and the guy just did not look that good. So somebody said to him, 
you know, a young girl messaged me. Okay, here you go. Here's a picture, uh, one of those old tin photos. Um, when he was a member of the House of Representatives, he was in his late 30s, and the picture's around 1846. You look at his picture then, he looked good. He looked professional. He looked up a class. I mean, he's a congressman from the state of Illinois. He looked good. By the time he got older, you know, he uh, he needed to cover up. You know, these things catch the eye. So, um, and think about this. He, Lincoln didn't do no blame game. He didn't be like, oh, this girl doesn't know what she's talking about. She's got bad taste or bad eyes or whatever. No, he grew out the fucking beard. Vladimir Lenin, they're like, we need to help with better imaging and everything. They're like, well, you you know, you, you got some, you don't really have the best of hair going on your head, but what if you grow the beard out? You know, get that look going on. And it worked, you know. He didn't put a blame and be like, oh, I should be looking good. No, no you're wrong. It's like, no, fuck that. But I'm not trying to stand up for Vladimir Lenin. I'm just making an example. Um, but there's so many different things in history where people just put the blame like that. And I was able to pull up uh, some thing, some other things about the blame games like this. Uh, I found this one article written five years ago. Five ridiculous things the media blame video games for. Um, and, it, uh, I mean, some of them you're going to immediately understand, or some of them you'll remember. Guarantee. Number five, the video game Mass Effect was blamed for a school shooting. Uh, apparently, you know, in 2012, the Sandy Hook shoot and everything... Um, Let's see. Initially, his brother was mistakenly identified. The media, media eventually realized and admitted the error. You know, it means since uh, nanosecond of it. Okay, but the internet didn't simply settle on ruining the day of an innocent guy, the brother of the shooter, whose life had already been ruined. They dug into the kid's profile and found that he had liked the video game Mass Effect. He had liked it, meaning probably liked it on a Facebook page. And, they, and a video game they were pretty sure had firearms, probably. Never mind he said guns were the, uh, that the guns in the game were laser blasters, shot like that, yada, yada. So they went in and they attacked the guy who they thought was a shooter was actually the guy's brother. But they blamed the video game like that. Number four, UK newspapers blame video games for rickets. What the hell? Even though we're fairly certain it's no longer 1855, the old-timely skeletal disease known as rickets is making a comeback. Uh, in the UK, at least, wow. Um, which is like you know, uh, if you want, if you want in on the trend, refuse all calcium and vitamin D, especially that kind you get from the sun, until your bones are soft and brittle and your legs are permanently bending in an unnatural dis- direction. That sounds hurtful. Um, uh, a study from Newcastle University claimed they found a correlation between rickets and video gaming. Since games are typically played indoors and rarely under a sunbeam, that means gamers aren't getting enough natural light, and the logical next step is a pair of wobbly rubber legs. Think, think about this. A return of a of a problem, of a leg problem and everything from skin condition and other kind of stuff was blamed on video games because people weren't going outside. Now, do kids and people need to go outside more? Absolutely. You can't blame that. Uh, they blamed a video game called Portal 2, criticized for mocking adopted kids. You know, I'm not even going to get into that whole thing. They said it was insensitive. Grand Theft Auto supposedly encourages drunken driving and car surfing. I've been playing Grand Theft Auto since GTA 3. I played GTA 3. I loved the hell out of Vice City. San Andreas I played. Wasn't the biggest fan, but I played it a lot. I played Liberty City stories. I played Vice City stories. I played a little bit of 4. wasn't a fan. I'll be honest, when 4 was such a bad one, in my opinion, that I thought that when they were making GTA 5, that was going to be the end of Grand Theft Auto. And Grand Theft Auto 5 made such a com- success. First video game ever to break a billion dollars. It made like $800 million in its first weekend. It's the greatest video game ever made. So I'm happy for that. But they're saying that Grand Theft Auto... Uh, 
uh, encourages drunk driving and car surfing, you know, going from one car to the other, stealing the cars, a bunch of other shit like that. Let me let me point out something. Was there another one? Is that the last one? Uh, number one, the media mindlessly repeats a hoax about video games causing limb loss. This is a new one. Um, played video games for two and a half days straight over spring break after collapsing from exhaustion. She found to find her sleeping position to cut off circulation in her legs, and she could no longer walk. Okay, so she lost her foot because of the way she's You can't. This this is the thing. Look, I know you guys are thinking like, okay, this is not an episode on video games itself, is it? People are going immediately for the blame game on video games, you know? And there's a lot of other things we can look at uh, for different times of blame game going on. And let's just look into it. What's the big reasons for the blame game outside of the study that I had brought up before from Psychology Today? I look at it as two big reasons for the blame game. One, divert responsibility um, from oneself or from something that, you know... Um, Let's let's say something you support. Um, uh, you know what? We'll make it three things. Um, I'm just, I'm writing it out as well. I apologize. Okay. Um, so I made like three things. Now, overall, this blame game, of course, can be from diverting responsibility from yourself. But I put it down to three things. One, diverting responsibility from something you support. Two, putting responsibility on something you hate. And three, of course, is because you truly believe it's the cause. Now, look, if you outright you find a piece of evidence here or there, you think there's a direct linkage, then there's that, okay? And uh, regardless of whether it's the truth or it's not the truth, if you outright are believing that that's the case outright, then, you know, and there's no actual hidden agenda other than you feel that that's the exact thing, then there's that. We all do that, you know? Um, I mean, let's say I made the whole cat example. What if, you know, you have scratches on your face? You think it's from the cat. You The cat scratched you before. You outright believe it's the cat. You then come to find out later it was your fucking dog who jumped on you and wanted, and was uh, and scratched you up and everything. But you had every reason to believe it was the cat in your mind. So, you know, there was no hidden agenda. You don't hate your cat. You love your cat. But still, it scratched you before. There's that, you know? So the third example I just made, you truly believe it's the cause, that goes into that. So if you truly believe in something like that, that it is the cause, then there's that. But let's go into the, the agenda side, which is the two other ones. Now, when I say divert responsibility from something you support, everybody supports themselves. Even pessimists and people with depression, for the most part, still support themselves to a point. I'm a pessimist to the utmost degree. I think we've proved that on this show. But I will still... Be a supporter of myself in many ways. I get depressed a lot. I'm a pessimist, but I still support myself. That doesn't mean I'm taking, I'm going to take responsibility away from myself, but what I'm saying is I still support myself, so therefore, that is still a logical feeling. Um, we look at, we look elsewhere. Let's think about what else is going on. Um, people, if you support something, whether it's diverting for yourself, or something that you like. You know, you don't want that to be the cause. So you're going to try to divert it away from that. People who are Marilyn Manson fans when the Columbine shooting happened do not want to bl- do not want the blame put on Marilyn Manson and they know it's not Marilyn Manson's fault. Marilyn Manson never once put out a thing where he told people to go shoot up a school or anything, but people were blaming him because of the style of music and that uh, mindset. You know like, "Oh, we shouldn't be promoting dark kind of stuff. We need to promote wholesome, peaceful, good Americana music like George Strait." For the record, I love George Strait. 
big fan of George Strait. Oceanfront Property is a great song. Carrying a Love of Me, I had it was like me and my ex girlfriend's song. She was a Kentucky girl, and you know I love that song. I, I really love Carrying a Love of Me. There's a lot. Uh, I never liked that song. My chair. I, I, it just didn't like. All my exes live in Texas. Great song. So, but you know, we don't want to put the responsibility on something that we like and support. First off, especially if we know that that's not the case, so you can't. It's not Marilyn Manson's fault if a shooting happens. He didn't go tell people to do that, and he never once supported. He doesn't like. Oh, I get off on that kind of stuff, you know. Now, you got some people who will say stuff, you know, like Bill Maher. You know, just a quick, a quick example. You know, he's recently said that he's hope because you know he's not a fan of the president. He said, "I'm. I would love another recession for this country if that meant getting rid of the president." It's like, okay, either way, that's a problem. But now it's like he he, he will. That, that's like outright saying you want something. You know, so you could try to put responsibility on Bill Moore like that. And there's other examples that make. Uh, you know, I mean, Mitch McConnell has said stuff as well. So I'm just making a couple of quick examples, you know, yes, in the political realm because everybody knows I follow it. But I'm trying to get to some big name things as well people can remember. That's probably in recent times as well. Um, but we look at our history with these. And if you really like it, if you really support something, you don't want the responsibility on it, even if it is the cause. But let's look at the OJ case. OJ Simpson, you know, Robert Kardashian Truly believed for a while that OJ didn't do it. He he loved OJ. Juice was his best friend. He was known as Uncle Juice to his kids, to Robert Kardashian's kids, to Kim Kardashian and Courtney and Bobby and all of them. You know, uh, uh, face Chloe. You know, Chloe. That one. You know, every time I hear Chloe, I think of a dog or a French girl. Um, but it's you know so. Robert Kardashian would not and could not believe that O.J. had done it. Over time, with evidence and more stuff, he it was starting to make sense to him that it that O.J. could do it, but he didn't want to believe it, and he was trying to find a reason. At that point, he was trying to find something that he could divert away and say that it wasn't O.J. You know, he went through three stages. It was kind of, you know what. It was kind of like it was almost like the state the five stages of uh, death, you know. First off is denial. He outright did not believe that it was OJ. You know, he he couldn't believe it at all. It's like, no, did OJ do it? No, no. Well, uh, I know Juice. He, I've been friends with him for such a long time. He's my best friend. I trust him with my life. I trust him with my kids. So he didn't believe him. He went into anger then at the thought that people would blame OJ. He then went into. Uh, he, I, he probably skipped the bargaining stage, you know. Maybe I mean, other than praying to God and asking God to help find justice and clear OJ, but overall, probably skipped the bargaining stage. Went to depression. You, you know what? No, you know what? You know what? No, because then he's trying. He's trying to find something to divert the responsibility from OJ and try to find something else. So he's trying to bargain at that point. He goes into depression when he starts to feel like it, this is it. it OJ did it, and. Especially like that, and then by when when the sentence when the verdict came out, and OJ was found not guilty. Everybody goes back and says, "Look at Robert Robert Kardashian's face," you know, and it's a mixture of depression and acceptance. He's in a depression state of the idea that you know he this happened, and he doesn't want to believe it, and he doesn't want to believe that the guy who killed his friend got away with it in his belief. And do I believe he ever got to the acceptance stage? I mean, he finally accepted the fact in his mind that O.J. did it. Now, to this day, O.J. is an innocent man uh, in the eyes of the court of law. 
He was tried, found not guilty. In the eyes of public opinion, different matter. But when you look back at that, he got into the acceptance stage to finally accept the idea in his mind that OJ had done it. Um, so he went through the five stages. You know, he went from not believing it at all to the idea that it was OJ. And he had to go through all five stages, including diverting responsibility. Uh, because he supported OJ. He was close to him. And, and, and it's logical to think that when family and friends can't put the blame on somebody, it's understandable. Because you love and support that person. You're not doing it out of any maliciousness. You're doing it out of love. And, I, and, it, and it's always been understandable. Everyone's always said, you know, we, we wrestling fans, we talk about the Chris Benoit tragedy. And we tried to put a blame on what it was. Chris Benoit had so many concussions. His brain was Swiss cheese. He could have been on steroids. You know, he was just out of a, out of frame of mind. He was nuts. We, we tried to find so many different things because Chris Benoit was never like this. Chris Benoit never had the idea that he was going to kill somebody. Chris Benoit was a, a, a very quiet guy, but a solemn guy and a family man and a, and a, a an emotional man. Who remembers the video of Benoit crying? Uh, trying to do a tribute for Eddie, you know? I mean, it, it's, um, we know that, we know that he cared and that it was legit. Um, so the thought that Chris Benoit, and we were big fans. I remember the idea of Benoit being the world heavyweight champion in 2004. That was big. And then he passed the torch when they put the world title on Randy Orton, even for a month. It was like, okay, this is the rise of the legend killer. You know, Benoit was part of that and it was, it, it, it was hard to believe. Now, for me, it was a little different because I shipped out for the for basic training for the Army three days after the Benoit tragedy. So I didn't get a time to really think about anything or find out all the, the information, uh, you know. But and at that point, I didn't even think about Chris Benoit or wrestling. I was just wanting to survive basic training. But um, people tried to find the blame. And, and to this day, there are people who are close. Chris Jericho has already said, I don't believe Chris did it whether it's somebody else had done it or he just finally lost his mind because of all the concussions on he uh, Chris Jericho cannot blame um, Chris Benoit and you can't fault Jericho because it's not out of any callousness or maliciousness he's doing it because he's still in a denial stage and he just, he loves Chris Benoit, knows that Chris Benoit was never like this when Chris Benoit was Chris Benoit. You know? So that's okay. Now let's look on the other side, though. Put responsibility on what you hate. If you don't like something, you're going to find any way to twist it and spin it around. You know? Bill O'Reilly's news show on Fox used to be, you know, he used to say always, you know, this is the no spin zone. You know, like, you know, we're not going to spin this. This is going to be what it is. Now, Personally, there were sometimes I saw that he would do things that he'd still spin it in his own personal benefit. There were things I read that even things to this day I don't agree with, but he kept it legit as it was. And it's like, well, i got to give him that. Again, wasn't the biggest fan of Bill O'Reilly. But, um, you know, people would spin things, you know, especially in the news, to a way that benefits them. Whether it's, it benefits them in a way to get them more ratings and attention or for their own personal benefit on their views and beliefs. Now, that's not just politics. It's anything. I mean, it could already just be... Today's day and age, everything's about politics. You know? I mean, there's so many different ways you can make something with, with even 
food and the idea that I go, you know, it's so stupid. Everybody finds a way of politics. It's so stupid. What's your views on all the Chinese restaurants around here? They're delicious. Well, don't you think it's a problem with all the Chinese? No. Delicious. It's good. Maybe we can get a Thai restaurant in the, in the area. Maybe that is that, but fuck. You know, but everybody wants a fucking, god damn it. Um, everybody wants to put a blame like that somewhere to politics and everything. But anyway, I digress. If you don't like something, if you don't like video games, you're going to put a blame on something. You know, how many people always had, how many groups came out against video games for a shooting or for bad music or whatever? And they would go after Marilyn Manson or video games because they didn't like it. They didn't support it. You know, it just didn't jive with them. And it's like, we need to have good, wholesome family entertainment not these things that promotes killing and sex and hurting people it's like no no that's okay look at tv it's the same thing you know i mean people went after tv the same <coughs> apologies um i mean that was the whole reason for the right to censor group in wwf was because they were going after what was it the parental television council <coughs> You know, because they didn't like a lot of things that was going on in WWF at the time. Um, stupid kind of stuff, really. But these were the things done. And if you if you didn't like something, you were going to go after it. And it didn't matter. Even if they did good or even if they were not at fault, you'd find a way to blame them. To this day, there will be people who will blame People like Harvey Milk and Freddie Mercury for the promotion and the advancement of the modern society's views on gay people. First off, that's fair. Secondly, who gives a shit? You know? They're not hurting you. Uh, there are people who are going to blame... Um, there are going to be people who will blame stuff like uh, musicians... Uh, especially groups like Nirvana and other stuff for the promotion and, and Metallica probably for the promotion and more usage of drugs in this country. Well, people idolize these celebrities and when we find out that musicians are doing cocaine and heroin all the time, they're going to do it too because they think it's cool. You got to blame musicians, blame Marilyn Manson. First of all, I don't think Marilyn Manson ever really touched uh, drugs on the extreme sense like you hear about a lot of rock stars now. Motorhead, Metallica, ACDC, these guys, you know, did a lot of drugs. You know, they, as you look in the rock world, these guys would do a lot. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to pull up right now on Marilyn Manson. The Stones, guarantee they did drugs. Let's see. There we go. They asked, okay, here's an interview from a couple of years ago. Marilyn Manson, what drugs do you refuse to try? Bath salts would be the top of my list. I don't want my flesh to fall off. And he said, I've taken acid and I've smoked human bones. That's weird. I don't want to do either again because all your demons appear when you smoke uh, bones or take acid. The older you get, the more demons chase you around and you have nightmares. There you go. Um, so there's that. Um, People just want to find something to blame. And if uh, more importantly, more importantly, it's the idea that if uh, in this case is if it's something that they don't like, they have to find a way to blame them. You know, even if it's a red herring, even if it's something just small, you know, well, there's a, there's a rise in the obesity rate in the United States going on right now. Well, ha ha. 
rising obesity in this country will clearly that means none other than we need to go after alcohol alcohol is evil it's blasphemous and it's bad for this country and there's a lot of calories in alcohol so the more you drink beer the more you drink alcohol the fatter you're gonna get we need to, that right there, it's like okay wait a minute you can go you could talk about drunk driving you could talk about people who get drunk and beat their spouses or their kids you could talk about people having a higher amount for the rate of liver conditions or whatever in this uh, country all those things but you need one little bit of extra ammunition so y- you have to try to compare with food come on Obesity goes through a lot of other things. Could you say that? I mean, yeah. You could say that alcohol contributes to obesity because people have to get a caloric intake. You know? I I, I, I can make the argument that I need to stop eating peas and carrots. They're healthier, but they could be part of the caloric intake. So I got to cut that out too. Just cut down whatever, you know? People, and now I know you guys are going, okay, Johnny, you're getting really ridiculous right now. But that's what I'm trying to make the point of, is that people will get ridiculous on these examples just to try to go after something that they don't like. You know? So, I, I mean, we're about to hit an hour, so I'm going to I'm gonna be uh, winding this down now for this episode. Um, the idea that people want to put the blame game so much onto anything it makes no sense the blame game whether it's blaming to pr- to protect yourself you just want to lie you want other people to hurt you're going to take somebody down with you you're putting responsibility on something you hate you're taking away responsibility from something you like whatever it is on any of those the fact of the matter remains If you can justify blaming somebody because you have the evidence to prove it, that's not the blame game. That's that's a that's a, a root and cause of the problem. That's what it is. You're investigating something. You find that okay. That's a that's a verdict. That's a uh, uh, conclusion. But when you're just trying to blame anything for any little thing, doing the blame game is a stupid thing because you're just going to blame whatever, and it's going and. It, causes so much crisis and it it dilutes your credibility your reputation it dilutes your word it dilutes your thought process and it shows you have an agenda on some of those things again whether it's a personal benefit for you because it's something you like or something you hate or it protects yourself now look you can be completely innocent and you're and you're trying to divert the uh, the thing away to show because you really think it's that case that at least a legitimized thing you could outright say, it was not my business. I didn't do that. Well, but those guys, what about that? Okay. You're trying to protect like that because maybe you are completely innocent on those things, you know? Maybe you run a music company and the end you, Malin Manson, <clears throat> worked for you. And now you got to be held for blame. You know? It's stupid. While, while we're at it, why don't I sue the people who make uh, silverware because of the fact that I got weight on me, you know? God damn it. If they didn't make all them forks and spoons... And I was stuck just eating with my hands. I wouldn't eat as much. I don't like getting my hands sticky. Get grease and barbecue sauce all over it. You can only lick this barbecue sauce off your fingers so much to where they still feel sticky, but there's nothing to lick off. What the fuck? You know? And now I just run and it sounded really stupid, but, you know, like that. So, um, I'm going to get out of here now. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um... I let in this episode with a fun little South Park song. I'm going to, you know, 
take myself out of here with a South Park song. Just a little bit of fun. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed this, listening to this. And maybe it fits in with what you're thinking. Um, we got a lot of things going on in this country with um, just people putting the blame game on whatever the case may be. And whether legitimate or not, um, you know, we, we, if it's legitimate, it's not a proper blame game. If it, if it's just a blame game, it's stupid. And we need to stop doing the blame game like that. So, again, I hope this helps you out in a way. And, you know, maybe we could just kind of, as a society try to fix this this is another thing we need to do is we need to stop the whole blame game where has my country gone where has my country gone it was a land of opportunity that we held dear but now all these other assholes are coming And where's my country gone? It was just here like two seconds ago. Cause when they said that this was the land of the free, I'm pretty sure that they were referring to me. And my country's gone. It got upset and now it's wandered away. It took 43 presidents to make us stand tall. And just one black guy to unravel it all. Tell it that we need.